Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Lawrence Holmes, a talk show host on The Score in Chicago. I also here get to talk about stuff that maybe I don't get to talk about on the show. And this is one of those examples. No guests for me on today's episode. This comes strictly from the, the mind of Minolta, as the old commercial used to go. Just something that was on my mind that I wanted to talk about. Over the weekend, as the NBA playoffs started up, I was watching games and I was watching Steph Curry do what he did against the Clippers. And I heard Doc Rivers talking about Steph Curry. And I want to play you that soundbite because it's kind of the jumping off point for the conversation that I want to have. This was Doc Rivers talking about Steph Curry during after them losing 121 to 104 in game one of the first round of the Western Conference Finals. Great player. I don't, I, you know, I was telling my coaching staff, I still think Steph Curry is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I don't even know how that happens, uh, but he is. He's taken for granted. Um, and all I know is when he's on the floor, he is a handful, and he makes them better in so many ways. You know, um, he was one of the best rebounders today. Um, you know, he just does everything. He's a great player. And, but we have to do a better job. You know, he's, he has to see us right now. And I don't know what it was. I think coming in the game, he was averaging 33 against us. Um, he's shooting like 50%. I mean, he has to see our jerseys and, and see red like a bull, you know. And so we have to do a better job, and that's on me. So that's Doc talking about Steph Curry, that he's underrated. Now, keep in mind that you're talking about a two-time MVP of the league that Doc Rivers is up here saying is underrated as a player. The reason that I bring this up is because I was having a discussion with a couple buddies of mine, Michael Kim and Shams Charania. Shams is the, the NBA expert over at Stadium and at The Athletic. Michael Kim does a show over at The Athletic, and and I get to hang out with those two guys occasionally and do some basketball talk with them. Michael and I had a discussion, and I asked him the question, why is it that when we start talking about the greatest of all time, Steph Curry's name isn't brought into the conversation? Now, wherever you're listening to me, I want you to think about your top five players in NBA history. The people who have a right to call themselves the GOAT. You got your list? Okay. Steph Curry probably isn't on it. I'm not blaming you for that. Your list probably has Jordan at the top and then LeBron and Kobe. And then you're like, well, I have to fit in Kareem somewhere in here. And what do I do with Bill Russell and all of his rings? Steph Curry, to me, has a resume that should be talked about as one of the greatest players of all time. Two-time league MVP, five-time All-NBA, six-time All-Star, scoring champion, three championships. His resume belongs up there. There are only 13 guys in the history of the league that have won multiple MVPs, and Steph is the guy to do it. My argument is not that Steph is the GOAT. I'm not making that argument. If you were asking me what my list would would be, Jordan would be at the top of my list. 
And then I probably have LeBron and Kareem and then Kobe. And I know that's going to make the Kobe stands really mad. But whatever. Steph belongs in the conversation. What I'm trying to get across in today's podcast is that I think my hypothesis for this podcast is I think the way that Steph plays makes it more difficult for people to look at him as a legitimate greatest of all time candidate. He has changed the calculus of how we look at what is a good shot and what is a bad shot. He has extended the three-point line so much that NBA defenders have to figure out, they got to make a choice on when they're going to pick him up. Now, I threw this conversation out on Twitter Sunday morning I because it was after Doc had made the point about Steph. And it was interesting, some of the responses that I got, and I'll share them with you here so, so that you have context in what I'm talking about. This one, to me, was one of the most interesting. A guy named Ed said to me, he's not a GOAT, but he literally changed basketball, college and pro. To which I replied, if you can lay claim to literally changing the game, along with Steph's actual basketball resume, why can't he be in the GOAT conversation? And then Ed hit, hit me back and said, I thought about that as soon as I finished typing. If we are all here to acknowledge that Steph Curry's ability has changed the NBA forever, how can we not put him in a conversation of the greatest players who've ever lived? Like the top of the top. We know that he's already in the, he's going to the Hall of Fame, like that sort of thing. But our discussion about the greatest players ever is so myopic. And what fascinates me is how often we are willing to change the math to make our candidate, make their case even better. I'll give you an example. When people talk about Jordan and they pick Jordan over LeBron, what's the argument that they use? The argument is, well, Jordan's got six rings and LeBron has three. So that, that makes up the difference of what the physical talent might be, even though LeBron may be a more imposing physical specimen than Jordan and might, have, might be more capable of doing more things than Michael Jordan could do on a basketball floor. But if you're a Jordan guy, you say six rings, never lost in the finals, that's it. That's the end of the discussion. And then someone in the back raises their hand and goes, well, wait, what about Bill Russell? Bill Russell has double the amount of rings. And so the Jordan person goes, well, he was playing against a bunch of short dudes. So there, except, you know, he's also playing against Wilt. But whatever. Like, that's that's the, the way to drop the mic on the Bill Russell people is he was playing with short dudes. So, of course, he, he was seven feet tall and he was doing all this stuff. I think Bill Russell was 6'9", but whatever. If you're a Kobe stan, five rings, second best two guard in the history of the league, right behind Jordan, his will to win. Actually, Kobe doesn't really have a great argument to be the greatest of all time. 
outside of Los Angeles. But if you're a LeBron guy, you go, look, this guy averaged triple doubles in finals. And then the Kobe and the Jordan people go, but he lost most of those. If you're going to be the GOAT, you can't lose that many finals. And then someone raises their back, their hand in the back and goes, well, what about Kareem? He's the all-time scoring leader and, you know, he, he also has a bunch of rings himself and kind of changed the game. Well, look at the competition that he was playing against. The Jordan people would say. I had someone go back and forth with me about this, saying that basketball is a physical game and the physical aspect of it plays a role. And they went on and on and on, to which I replied, okay, then Shaquille O'Neal is the greatest player ever. Or Wilt Chamberlain is the greatest player ever. Because As far as physical forces on the floor, who was stopping those guys? With Shaq in his prime, none of his contemporaries were stopping him. And Will, some people will argue, use the Russell argument against him. Seven-foot dude dunking on people that were seven feet or nearly as athletic. You see what I mean? That... Since there is no real consensus for what makes a GOAT candidate, I don't see how you can't have Steph Curry in here. I But let me offer some criteria that should be a part of this. Because the same guy that's talking to me about physical specimens is telling me about Isaiah Thomas. And I said, is I, Isaiah Thomas got an MVP award? Because Steph has two. Does Zeke have a a scoring championship? He doesn't. Steph has one. To me, to create this criteria for greatest player of all time, you have to have both individual accolades at the top of the league and team championships. So you don't get into the conversation unless you have both. James Harden has an MVP award. He doesn't have a championship. Therefore, James Harden can't be a part of our conversation. Russell Westbrook has an MVP award, but he hasn't won a title. Therefore, as much as I love Russ, he's my favorite player in the league. He can't be a part of this conversation. Derrick Rose has an MVP award, but never won a title. He cannot be in the conversation for greatest of all time. But if you're Tim Duncan, for example, who's another guy with multiple MVPs and a whole bunch of championships, you get to go to the land where we discuss your GOAT candidacy. Like, get out of here, Carl Malone. Even with your multiple MVPs, you got to go. You're not part of this. But if you want to talk about Hakeem Olajuwon and his one MVP and his titles, we can do that. He gets to go in the room. All I'm saying is that there are a lot of people that are in the discussion for greatest of all time that are worthy. I'm saying that 
I'm not saying that Steph is that dude, but I'm saying that his candidacy is worth reviewing. It's absolutely worth reviewing. And so I'm happy that I have this podcast because it allows me to figure out my methodology on this. And my methodology is pretty simple. You don't get invited into the room unless you got legit statistical top of the league award, an MVP award, or a score. I'll take a scoring title. I'll take it. You got a scoring title or multiple scoring titles plus your team won. Like you have to have championships. And so when I talked about Steph's championships, the pushback was, well, they needed KD. No, they didn't. The first two championships that the Warriors won was Steph and them boys. Now, he didn't play great in the finals, and that's a knock against him. And I think if you want to knock down his candidacy, that's a legitimate way to do it. That being said, he still gets to be in the room. Y'all need to start recognizing and putting guys in the room that belong in the room. You look at the list of guys that that have multiple MVPs and championships. Guess what? As much as people hate it, Larry Bird gets to be in the room. Why? Multiple MVPs, multiple championships. That's the admission price that gets you into the conversation. So that all I ask is that you figure out your own criterion. But make it make it something that is actually like provable and tangible. Don't make it, well, the eye test. No, I I don't know what your eyes see. But when I give you has to have an MVP award and win a championship, that makes it a lot easier for us to group who belongs in that conversation. I thank you for listening to, to me go through this, this screed that I'm having on it. I don't know what your opinion is. I'd love to know. Hit me up at Lawrence W. Holmes. If you're listening to this, hit me up at Lawrence W. Holmes on Twitter or on Instagram. I just think that If we look at the amazing things that Steph Curry has done in his career and we ignore the fact that the guy was the impetus for a championship, he helped preside over the greatest team of all time. We haven't even talked about 73 and 9. I know they didn't win, but in the regular season, they were 73 and 9. 72 and 10 gets to be part of Jordan's lore. 73 and 9 for Steph Curry. Multiple MVPs, multiple championships. In my opinion, it gets you in the room. Thanks for listening.